Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch The Muppet Christmas Carol two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe. And joining us today, we have a return guest, my favorite guest. Wow. It? It's your wife! <laughs> Hi! Hi! I'm Ross Strand! Hey, it's Ross. Hey, also, everyone. Welcome former back. former guest host. That's yeah. true. That's true. Got a new, got a new crown on my head. Is that former your, guest host. Is that you're the former guest host. The yeah. only yes. person who can say that. And and thanks for filling in for me that that episode when I couldn't make it. Absolutely, and actually, it it did work out because having a younger host such as my wonderful niece Alina. You mean a guest? The, the guest, yes. guest. Yeah, yes. younger. Also a younger host, but whatever. Um, <laughs> But a younger guest we, we're in with the- Alina, it, it, it was really nice because it was just like um, just family talking. And- yeah, exactly. I yeah. Think. So yeah. that was that was really fun. But we missed you, Ryan. Oh, well, thanks. It was fun to listen to. Um, but I'll let the record show that you and I are in the same grade. So we are in the same. We're grade. in the same grade. So I yeah. don't know if class of 03. Oh, three. Mm, okay. three. And what are we talking about today? We are talking about minutes 63 and 64 of The Muppet Christmas Carol. In these minutes, the Cratchit family finishes singing Bless Us All, and Scrooge finds room in his heart for love. Yeah, he's getting there. So So the first 80 seconds of this clip are the end of the song, Bless Us All. Best song. This is this is why you wanted to come on. This was this was your pick. Yeah, I needed I needed to catch a piece of this. Why? Um, because this is the best song in the movie. This is my favorite song. Yeah, but why is, though? Well, because it's just like it's it's directions on how to live your life being sung to you by Robin and his family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole family. You're actually paying attention. Yes, it's yeah, beautiful. That's true. So um, I wasn't going to go through the song line by line here. I mean, we we talked about it last time, but we have Robin singing it with the rest of his family, Kermit and Piggy and Bettina and Belinda and my guy, Peter Cratchit. Mm-hmm. They're all singing. And um, so I just wanted to ask everyone, I'll start with you, Ross. What are some of your favorite lines in the song? Um, Slow to anger let, and catch let, us when we fall. Let us run from anger. Yeah, run from anger and catch us when we fall. That helps me so much because, like, you're going to fail. <laughs> you're going to fall. And that is expected, and that's okay. Yeah, we're, you know, we're praying to be caught. We're hoping our family will catch us. We're hoping your whatever. If you have faith in something, that your faith will catch you. But you are going to fall, and that always comforts me because you know I I get angry. Sure, I fail, and Everyone that's okay. Does. Everyone does. Yeah. How about you, Ryan? What well, are your favorite lines? In this yeah, song? those are actually the the. The lines that I wrote down to single out. So, yeah, Roz mm. got there first. But, yeah, there's just something, you know, it's like we talked about last week. The song is so sweet and so sincere. And as we discussed, and as, in fact, Paul Williams discussed, it's really like a prayer. And it's it's one of the most spiritual and, you know, people always talk about the Muppets have to have heart in everything. And this this is, it doesn't get much more heart than this scene, so... It's true. Can I can I stop and take a moment to say how sweet Paul Williams is? Sure. Yeah. That guy is just like he's just a walking Valentine of a person. <laughs> he's 
so sweet. He's so adorable. And he was so kind. Got to just say hi to him. When we recorded our episode, you yes. came down. Yeah. Yes. T- told him how much you love Bugsy Malone. How much I love Bugsy Malone. I still haven't watched that. I got to. Oh, you gotta go do I it. Know. Do that after the podcast. I'll watch <laughs> it with you. Um, and he was just so genuine, and and I'm just really grateful to him for writing writing this song and for writing so many other songs. So, yeah. Paul Williams, I don't know that you listen to this podcast that you were a guest on, but if you do, we all love you. Yeah, it's true. We do. Yeah. Um, but so a couple other lines that I wrote down. One that I really love is. Teach us in our dreams, which feels like oh. such a Fraggle Rock lyric to me. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. especially yeah. like, because this, you know, I, I don't remember. Does Robin say that? No, Kermit says it. Yeah. Wembley says it, right? Kermit. <laughs> not go. Yes. Not, not go. go Wembley. Right. Wembley. Right. Um, but I just love, like, that's how we learn, right? We take a nap and then in our dreams, we learn a lesson. Yeah. Which, what is the? It, there is an episode of Fraggle Rock. It's one of the side bottom episodes where they all meet up yeah, in their dreams. They can all yes. put their heads together and, and share dreams. Yeah, yeah. Which is also in the Dark Crystal. It's like the most oh. common thing between the Dark Crystal and Fraggle Rock is that That's they can share interesting. dreams. Interesting. They call it dream fasting in in Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Oh, uh, right. Of they do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> They just have to make it that much grittier yeah, I than guess, Fraggle Rock. I guess so, but what if what if Boober and Deet shared a dream? <laughs> that would rule. Let's yeah. make that fan. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people would love on. that. I'm writing it. Okay. <laughs> but another one is bless us all with playful years, with noisy games, and joyful tears. Oh, that's a good one. Which is that's a such a good family one. Yeah. That's what you do at Christmas, you know? That that hits you right in, does. in the family heart. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. the joyful tears. Like, it just brings to mind all the things that our kids, but, okay, I'm going to admit it, particularly Miles, has <laughs> done. <laughs> that were like, wow, I wish that you hadn't have done it, but that was so funny. Yeah, that is, that's classic Miles. He's a little trickster. Yeah, <laughs> and it, I definitely had joyful tears whenever I found um, his full, his half scale drawing of himself of his of on his wall behind his chair. Yeah, yeah, um, he did it. <laughs> it's it's a very accurate likeness, huh. I think. <laughs> it does. It's a line drawing. To be clear, this is a line drawing that our four year old made. It's okay. not like a detailed yeah. sketch of his face. Yeah, but those were joyful tears. Every time we found him and his cousin in a bathtub with Ooh. most of the soap drained. Those dudes love taking baths together. They just it's love it. <laughs> you know, that's joyful tears because, oh man, he has wasted so much soap. It's oh. true. <laughs> but it's so cute. So it's just, you got to laugh. Yeah. You got to, you, you know, you got to be playful. You got to play into it and then just really hope that by the time that they are more like six or seven that they stop trying to take baths together yeah. all the time. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, and I think sentiments like this uh, sort of uh, you perceive them differently when you go around from from being a, a child essentially to then being an adult and then having other children in your family in your life. Because when you say mm-hmm. 
uh, noisy games in that context. I'm just thinking, and I don't know if my my brother and sister still listen to this podcast regularly, but a few Christmases ago, I believe my sister gave my nephew, who's my brother's son, this game or toy. I don't even know what to call it, but uh, it's this sort of uh, fluffy cracked egg with a chicken popping out of it. And the real purpose of the game is you're supposed to throw it around and try not to crack the chicken's egg. But of course, the kids immediately started throwing it around as hard as they could to so they could hear the noises that it makes. <laughs> sure. So that entire Christmas, everyone was going around going, you cracked my egg. <laughs> <laughs> that was a noisy game that brought joyful tears. That that actually brings to mind a present that you gave me once, Ryan. Oh. Which, which was a stuffed teddy bear that said musical bear. Do you remember this? <laughs> yes. You mailed it to me. It was a little tiny stuffed teddy bear that said musical bear, but when you squeezed it, it did not play music. It, it was not music. It went. It I, went. I, I love, love you. You sent that to <laughs> Yeah. I forgot about that. We, <laughs> we tortured each other with that bear for years. Dude, just like at the least opportune moment, it'd be like we'd try to talk about something serious. I love you. <laughs> oh, and I loved hiding it in places where you would have to sit on it so yeah, that it, it would, would just like, it would, it would it. just yeah. shoot yeah, off and you didn't know where it was. I actually don't remember oh, where yeah. I got that, but I'm I'm glad that it brought you so much joy. Yeah. Yeah. Totally we, did. we definitely used it till it died. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It stopped working. I right? love. At last yeah. I knew I the. <laughs> Last I knew, the you cracked my egg chicken egg was still in working condition. But uh, yeah. Oh, that's and, good. That's and good. I know the listeners will have similar stories about similar silly toys and games. So let's hear them. Yeah, please. Please share them for sure. And then the song ends with, we reach for you and we stand tall. And in our prayers and dreams, we ask you, bless us all. And Robin gets to sing that whole line. Yeah. And it's so good. And yeah. he's such a good little buddy. Oh, and the way that... Robin plays it is just like his voice almost cracks, but he just has to get this out, even though he's so mm. tired, you know, and and he's just he's just desperate to stand tall and he feels tall whenever he sings this song. I know that feeling. Sure, you're, you're five foot one. Every time I sing this song, I feel at least five foot three. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he just he just reaches for it, and you get that slight crack, but not like comical and not ridiculous, and it's it's a beautiful ending. Yeah. yeah. Hey, speaking of you singing this song, wasn't there a story you wanted to tell about that? Yeah. Well, on your first podcast with Muppet Movie, the Muppet Movie, I sang. Um, I'm going to go back there someday to Iris whenever she was first born. And bless us all is what I sang to Miles whenever he was first born. That's true. I remember so those. he, because I chose, you know, I, those are the two most meaningful songs in my life. And these were the two most meaningful moments in my life. So I had to sing it. Wow. So, and, and so you had chosen both of those songs in advance. Yes. Okay. I thought, I, I thought really, really hard about what the first song that my babies were going to hear whenever they were. Out in the world. Yeah. Because I sang to them all the time in utero. Oh, sure. Yeah. I sing all the time anyway. So, right, right. It's true. so it 
you know, it, it's, it's just going to come out, but that's like random stupid stuff. I'm just like singing about what the laundry is doing. Nobody cares. <laughs> so the first song that they actually hear with their ears out in the real world was very, very important to me. And it doesn't matter who else was there in those moments, then, you know, bless us all. And that was really, I really wanted that because it's, it's, I think about it and I listen to it and it helps me in life. And that's what I had hoped for miles too, oh. is oh, that yeah. he would have that. And now it turns out that he's so tiny and cute like Robin. So it even <laughs> it matched you and matched. He yeah. is a tiny dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Just like tiny Tim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's what we call Miles, a tiny dude. Yeah, we do tiny miles. Tiny, tiny miles. Many miles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Many> miles. <laughs> For the record, I thought that the first thing we said to our kids should have been begging Red Flips and Bert. <laughs> no, that's what you get on a t-shirt. <laughs> I wish, I wish. If we had permission, that's what you would get oh, on a t-shirt. I want it so bad. Have we that tried? Have we talked good. about this on the podcast before we can... Explain I, it briefly. I don't think we ever have. No. Uh, so now everybody is completely confused. So that's why I think we should explain in, it. Well, but I think that every Muppet fan would be their life would be better if they go find the season forty-four episode of Sesame Street where Snuffy is working at Hooper's store serving breakfast to zoo animals <laughs> on a field trip with their zookeeper Audra McDonald, <laughs> and uh, he, in order to remember. The order that the zoo animals have made, Snuffy comes up with a strategy where his code names for their orders are Beggin, which is bacon and eggs, Red Flips, which is pancakes with raspberries in them because raspberries are red and pancakes are flipped and monkeys do flips, <laughs> and Bert, because one of them orders oatmeal and Bert likes oatmeal, so oatmeal is just Bert. Yeah. Snuffy teaching mnemonic devices is the best moment in history. Well, what's so great, <laughs> what's so great about it is that this system is completely impenetrable. <laughs> like, like no child is going to learn anything useful from but, like. I mean, it works for Snuffy. For the tiger, it's yeah. begging, and the tiger stripes kind of look like bacon. Like it's just it's nonsense. It's complete <laughs> nonsense. Anyway, yeah, well. it's my favorite episode of Sesame Street. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. That's all. Yes. <laughs> I guess, so I guess strategy was the word of the day. and Yeah, strategy they, was, it's like, it's that era where it starts with Murray Monster being like, what's the, what's word, on the, the word on the street? Strategy. Oh. Yeah. They probably decided that mnemonic was not a good word for kids. Like, they, they couldn't learn right, that one. Right. This, this is what preschool is like now. It's really, I teach early childhood special ed, and I was in a class today. That I'm not, um, I'm not the lead teacher in that class, but three of the words on their like vocab words in a pre-K classroom were commotion. Hmm. Um, they were making one commotion, uh, sporadic, huh? And hmm. then what was the other? Well, I can't remember the other one, but those were. Those were new vocab terms. Yeah, but say them like Joey Mazzarino. See if you cannot say them like Joey Mazzarino. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's not an invitation anybody wants to hear. Oh no, I just, no. I just did it. <laughs> no. Yeah, you can. What's the word on the street? Good Sporadic. for you. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you just learned a four-year-old word. You want to be overheated? 
I do love Obayita. <laughs> okay. Take care, right. Obayita. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So what else happens in this movie? Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, actually, this is sad because after the song, Tiny Tim starts to cough. Yes. And then... We, and all coughs are fatal in movies. That's true. Uh-huh. That's true. And but all but what's great about this one is we get this remarkable moment where we just watch Michael Caine's face as Robin the Frog coughs to like you know as like a symptom symptom cough, and it's just like really sells how much Scrooge is starting to change, and also how sad it is that Robin the Frog is dying. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yes. Yeah, I think we kind of. Or for me, any anyway, kind of pinpointed the moment where Scrooge really, really, truly gets that he screwed up his life was was when he watched Belle break up with his younger self. I think this is the moment where he really decides, like, oh, I have to. If if there's anything I can do to change things, this is what I have to do. Like, I have to do something to to improve the world around me, starting with yeah. the Cratchit family. Yeah, I think I I agree with you. I, on that, I think that this is the moment where it, it becomes outside of himself. Like he doesn't have to save himself because he's made mistakes. He has to save himself because he can save others. Yeah. And, and he wants and to, he can, and he wants to. Right. And he shows that he wants to, by asking the spirit, if tiny Tim will live. And what's shocking here is that Christmas present is all of a sudden gray haired. Like the earlier in this scene, he looked the same as he has so far. Yeah. And he had kind of wandered out of the frame, which just kind of, you don't really think about it in the moment, but then yeah, when the camera goes back to him, he's now, he's not gray haired. I've actually noticed that several times, not just this particular viewing Mm -hmm. for the podcast, but I've noticed whenever the, the ghost of Christmas present leaves Scrooge, because he once, I always thought that that was very intentional. That you can actually see the ghost walking away for a moment. There. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's because you you want, you know, that's another moment where Scrooge needs to feel alone. Sure, Scrooge oh, needs yeah. to realize he's opposite of this loving family. That despite all of their difficulties, you know, they've got medical issues, they've got work issues, they've got. A lot of kids, they've got very little money, you know, a lot of things that we can, that a lot of people can relate to nowadays. Scrooge, mm. on the opposite, his issue is that he's alone. Yeah. And he, he has never, money. And he never felt like that was an issue. He yeah. liked it. Dur- yeah. You know, darkness was cheap and Scrooge liked cheap things. Yep. <laughs> Being single is a lot cheaper than having a family. So, That's true. Hui vey. And so <laughs> getting to see him be alone, you know, with all of his affluence, but reflect on this family that has so much more because they have each other is a really significant moment brought about by Robin singing and the ghost of Christmas present, letting him be alone for a minute. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And here I was just thinking that this was a purely practical decision to to get the ghost out of the frame for a minute while they switched him out for the gray-haired one. But I like your interpretation much more. Yeah. Hello, I'm a Watsonian. I believe that everything mm. on the screen is real. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's true, you do. 
what else what happens next in this one have we talked about watsonian versus doyleist on this podcast we have right it's, oh yeah it's probably been a while if if you want to give a very uh, brief so i try to say watsonian at least four times a day for my health that makes sense <laughs> So, so you, it's a it's a concept that comes up a lot in t- discussions of fiction. Not always given this name. A Watsonian is someone who believes that the Sherlock Holmes stories were written by Doctor John Watson, who wants to take everything in the universe, what's on the screen, what's on the page. That's what matters. A Doyleist is someone who believes that the Sherlock Holmes stories were written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, right. who wants to who like thinks about like what went into the creation of the the show or the book or the movie, and. Uh, Sometimes those two different viewpoints caused like very different reactions to things, right? Because yep. you guys just demonstrated. Yes. Yeah, where a Doyleist might say, "Oh, why did that happen?" It's because Doyle, uh, yeah, Doyle forgot to to put this detail in, in the story. But a Watsonian would be like, "Why did this happen?" Oh, it's just because uh, Holmes was in a weird mood, or you know, something like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Watson was distracted by his wife being gone. That's why this happened. <laughs> right. 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 We should add that you're a big Sherlock Holmes fan. Like a you, huge you, you Sherlock love those, Holmes. You love those I stories. Do. You read the stories. I do. And not just because I like the term Watsonian. I really do like you lo- Sherlock Holmes stories. You love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, so Christmas present now. He's gray-haired. Scrooge says, will Tiny Tim live? Christmas present says, that is the future. My realm is the present. Mm-hmm. However, I see a vacant seat by the chimney corner and a crutch without an owner. If these shadows remain unaltered. And then we cut to Tiny Tim looking around. Just like being an innocent little boy, which is heartbreaking. Yeah, uh, I I believe the child will die. He says, right? And oh god, it's, it's too much. Yeah. <laughs> it's so oh. And then uh, can can I open the old curiosity shop real quick? Yes, open the old curiosity shop. So this is mostly out of the book, right? He asks if Tiny Tim will mm. live. I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a crutch without an owner, carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. That's in the book. The the line about the empty crutch, I, I've definitely heard in other adaptations. Right, yeah. But what's not in the book is that's the future, my realm is the present. Jerry Jewell added that. Oh. That is Jerry Jewell like, trying to make sense of why Christmas present is talking about the future at all. Oh, yeah, right. Like He can tell him yeah. a little. He can hint at it, but he can't show him right. or... Yeah. yeah, but in the book, he does not say my realm is the present. He's just like, yeah, I see this stuff. I'm looking at it. Jerry Jewell improving on Dickens. Once again, once again. Yeah. Um, it is so impressive. He just merges it in, you know. Yeah, over and over. Yeah. Man, like wallpaper without a seam. You guys you guys ever heard about the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay? Oh, yeah. Jerry Jewell should have been nominated for it. For That's movie. he should Yeah, if, if they had really been paying attention. Are you looking up now who was nominated that year? I'm guessing that A Few Good Men won, if I had to guess. Oh, yeah. um, I'm going to look it up, though. I've never really understood adapted screenplay. You know, but now, given this example, that's actually impressive. Oh, there's a skill to it, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's see here. It's not just like... I don't don't think about the Oscars as much as you two do. I love them. I'm crazy. (laughs) Not a lot of people think about them as much as we do. Best (laughs) screenplay based on previously produced or published material. The winner that year was actually Howard's End, the uh, Merchant Uh, Ivory. Should have been this. The other nominees were Enchanted April. Don't know what that is. The Player, the Robert Altman movie. 
A river runs through it and scent of a woman. Howard's End. That feels like such a <laughs> like such an obvious like of course that's the kind of thing that's gonna win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The voters are but suckers anyways, for yeah. that kind of thing. Well, anyways, they didn't nominate Jerry Jewell, even though they should have. They should have. And then I want retribution. Give Jerry Jewell a posthumous honorary Oscar. Yes. That'd be great. That'd be great. I'm all for it. Why not? Um, They give out hundreds of those. Hundreds? (laughs) Yeah, okay. I really don't follow the Oscars. I know. (laughs) I know you don't. Um, But anyways, then, having said I believe the child will die, the Ghost of Christmas Present then says, and what then? If he's going to die, he better do it and decrease the surplus population. (laughs) He got him. Which is which is straight out of the book, and Scrooge feels terrible here. Like he just looked at him and says, "Oh, spirit!" In this one, which is such a change. Ryan, we've discussed the George C. Scott movie recently because that has the opposite, where George C. Scott is just kind of like, "You got me," (laughs) like (laughs) just like you'd use my own words against me, spirit. And he has this like like annoyed smile. He's a little more indignant there. Good one, you know. Yeah. it breaks Michael Caine. Yeah, and Michael Caine is is yeah, this is yeah. Like we've said, he this is where he decides to become a nice boy. It renders him yeah. speechless. Yeah. Um and, and it should. And that's why it's a good thing that this <laughs> as we've alluded to earlier in a previous episode, it's a good thing that this isn't actually the present. It's it's the very, very near future because now he has a chance to change all this. Like because Scrooge is nice tomorrow morning. Like the rest of the future is going to be different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, that's the end. That is actually the end of this clip. Is with uh, Scrooge saying, "Oh, spirit!" No, mm-hmm. I, that's not true. Gonzo starts to say, "As the Cratchit family," and then we're done. That's oh, the, yes. the last words we hear are Gonzo saying, "As the Cratchit family," and they are, of course, going to play the "You cracked my egg" game. <laughs> <laughs> As the oh, Cratchit man. family tossed the egg around. The sound yeah, of you cracked up. my egg was heard all around London. <laughs> and the, it's my turn to crack the egg. <laughs> As Bettina <laughs> launches it and it hits Peter, knocking yeah. him into the roast goose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. I'm all for it. Yep. All right. So that's the end. Uh, any other thoughts about these two minutes before we close? Roz? Um, if Gonzo saw that game, he would be very, very conflicted. He loves chicken. That's true. Oh, yeah. But oh, he also loves like about well, the two minutes. Yeah. Oh, about the two minutes. But that's, is that it? <laughs> no, just this is this is uh, you know this is a beautiful song, and I think that it should be incorporated into other movies and media. I really wish that. I think that this song could be an absolute classic Christmas carol. Sure. Outside of this movie, I think, and honestly, it's not even just Christmas. This is it. They don't really talk it, about Christmas. I, 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 I kind of want to sing this at church. You could I know? Oh, I you could. absolutely I, could. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to sing this at at significant moments in life, um, and I want more people to sing it. They wanted us all to come together, like who's down in Whoville, hold yeah. hands and sing this together. Sing this together. That's all I want. Yeah. You know, across the world, if we could. Yeah. You think that's possible? I think that Christmas Day is in our grasp so long as we have hands to clasp. Yes! So then we could. We've got a power medley going on with this song at its heart. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Okay? So this this should happen. If anybody ever wants to come around Christmas time, 
Come up to Minnesota. Let's all hold hands. It is really cold up here. And you'll all warm up and your heart will warm while singing this song. Sure. That sounds great. <laughs> all right. Ryan, any other thoughts before we close? No, I didn't have any notes, but you just inspired me to look and see if there are any covers of this song on YouTube. And there actually are a few. One of them looks like probably a, like a, a an actual professional musician's album. There's uh, somebody named Mandy Dixon who did this song. Uh, on an album, you, an album called Light My Way Home. And then uh, there's an acoustic cover. Uh, there's a guy playing the guitar playing the song. There's an instrumental uh, piano cover and, and uh, another one or two as I scroll through. So, yeah, I'm going to have to listen to some of those after this. Yeah. Fire them up. Yeah. 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 Nice song. I'm really excited for that. I want to hear it in other movies. I want to hear it playing in Target. Hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just I want this around more. Sure. Yeah. I've heard one more sleep the 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 one from the movie. I've heard that at the Disney store, but yeah, let's oh, hear really? let's hear this one at Target. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. It's at the Disney store. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and let's play the song Scrooge at Dollar Tree. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. Dollar Tree doesn't play music, man. Oh, doesn't it? Uh, no. Oh, oh, they should. Okay. They can start with the song they Scrooge. <laughs> Dollar right. Tree was one of the only oh. stores where I could find the Sesame Street cereal. So I'm all about Dollar Tree. Oh, there you mm. go. <laughs> so, Roz, as you probably remember, there are three questions that we ask all of our guests this season. Mm-hmm. And the first one is, uh, what's your history with the movie? Do you remember the first time you saw it? Well, I shared I shared quite a bit of this as guest co-host. Yes. But, but you didn't talk about the first time you saw the movie. First time. It's it's that's actually really hard for me. It's just been kind of like part of my life for a really long time. So you did not see it in the theater? Is that correct? I don't I didn't. I'm pretty sure that the first time I saw it was at my grandma's house. Sure. She had the tape. And I spent a ton of time with my grandma Colleen. Mm -hmm. I was there every single school morning, all throughout elementary school. I was there most weekends because I hated going grocery shopping and my mom didn't want to force me to. So I went to grandma's. They never played bless us all at the grocery store. No, they didn't play. They didn't play it there. Grandma had it on tape. And so uh, being in her basement, I'm pretty sure that that's where I first saw it and that she bought it. She, they were, they were a little better off financially. They were quite a bit better off financially than my family was. So she would buy tapes Mm -hmm. and then she, she had a VCR player. She would buy tapes and we'd go to her house and, and watch that. Cause we didn't actually have a lot of that stuff until it got a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty sure that that was where I first saw it. We didn't go to too many movies whenever mm-hmm. I was younger. Well, uh, inspired um, by our conversation with Danny Horn last week, I have to ask, did you see Aladdin and or Home Alone 2 in theaters? I, I don't think I, I know that I didn't see Home Alone 2. Okay. Cause we discovered that both of those were out at the same time as this. And they, like, they, they probably both, uh, significantly hurt the, the box office of this movie. Yeah. I would believe that. Um, whenever I was in second grade, this was second grade, right? Second grade, yep. Yeah. So 
I don't think that that was a time when we were going to many movies at all. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that was just, you know, not, not the right time to spend money on, on a family outing at the movies for my fam at that time. Oh yeah. That's, that's grown, a lot for a whole family. Yeah, it was a lot. And I was one of three kids and a single mom at that time. So, um, so yeah, I probably waited until it came out on tape and watched it in grandma's basement and fell in love. And my sister and I just started, we had to watch it while decorating the tree. Mm-hmm. Still. Still. Mm-hmm. And we just, and now we make our kids do it. <laughs> and hopefully going forward, you know, we'll spread this love and, and whatever other children may occur or may not occur. I don't care. Everybody's <laughs> going to get together and watch this while decorating the tree. Sure. Well, sure. and I got to say, you two are, are doing a great job of, uh, you're doing your part to ensure a, a new generation of Muppet fans by showing your kids all this stuff. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. I think that we have, we have at least, I think, six Kermit Muppet-based ornaments on our tree. <laughs> yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah. And um, that's a good number. we just got, we just went through our uh, Sesame Street DVDs. And we we still have like 40 or something. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, well, you know, Disney Plus, they did help out by putting the full putting the full movie on Disney plus of uh, Muppet yeah. Christmas Carol. So I was really grateful for that. Yeah. But even though, even though you say that, but even though we own it on VHS DVD and laser disc, it's very important <laughs> in all forms of apocalypses, all forms of technical, <laughs> technical apocalypses. We will be able to play this movie at Christmas time. If so. the only remaining electronic device that works is a laser disc player, you'll be all set. We have Fired up. got it covered. It is even signed. That's true. By Dave Goals and David Rudd. Dave yeah. Goals and David Rudd have signed our laser disc. Yeah. Nice. So we'll see. Someday yes. we'll get Michael King. <laughs> uh, and then next question. Okay. I'm ready. And this one, you actually told me this on our first date. So I know the answer. Seriously? Yeah. Yes. Where do you rank it among the Muppet movies? Number one. <laughs> no, that's what you told me on our first date. That was Did she one. say it like that? Yes. I just screamed number did, one. Did in she his say face. number one? <laughs> <laughs> then he fell in love. I, I said, I said, <laughs> no, you screamed in my face, and I said, I'm a keeper boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. And then I burned the chicken. Yeah, no, that was our second date. Oh, that date. was the second date. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Anyways. Yes, number one Muppet movie for me, 100%. No apologies. Yeah, and like, no question. I don't think no question. Ever, yeah. Yeah, I love all the Muppet movies. Everybody, oh, sure, you know, sure. anybody who loves movies loves Muppets will love all of them in their own right for some reason. Most of them. Yeah. You do love all of them though. I think like, I don't think there's which one. Oh, I'm talking about the theatrical. Oh, theatrical. I'm talking about wizard of Oz, a movie. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. That was dangerously close to me getting like angry and throwing furniture. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, that that, that goes in a separate category. Yes. I'm, I'm calm. I'm calm. Um, but yeah, so Muppet Christmas Carol, number one, have to watch it every year. And I probably watch it four or five times yeah. every year. Yeah. Um, I, I just never get tired of it. I think that it's beautiful. It's got enough comedy. It's got enough drama. The music's amazing. 
Piggy's hair looks incredible, which <laughs> is very important to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very important that Piggy has amazing hair. Um, and I, I just love it. And Gonzo, Gonzo is, is my favorite Muppet. And he is the narrator. You know, yeah. he's he's the driving force in the movie. And Gonzo and Rizzo um, were my favorite team. Because yeah. they got me through those those uh what years were those the 90s the 90s got me through the 90s yeah they're good so yeah 100 number one muppet movie in my book for all those reasons and more right and then the last question you already just answered which is do you watch it every year yeah and you just said four or five times four or five times which is true like you'll be doing the laundry and it's just like on your phone muppet christmas carol's playing yeah yeah it's just it it just has to happen and honestly, like I'll start to get nervous the closer we get to Christmas. Cause honest, I'm I'm a bigger fan of Advent than I am of Christmas. Of like Christmas so, Day. I think I'm, that's right. I, 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 yeah, I love counting down. I love the anticipation. Count, 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 counting the, the day. days. Yeah. <laughs> I I was so, thinking it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you were. That's a song from um, a Sesame Street album. Yeah. Yes, it is. Not Megan Red Flips and Bird episodes. No episode. Different production. Go on, Raz. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, so uh one more sleep till Christmas mm-hmm. speaks to me so much about how exciting it is to like close up and it's almost Christmas. That almost Christmas is just as important to me as Christmas. Like they carry a- equal weights. So the closer I get to Christmas, the more I'll start watching it even more because I'm like, oh, Christmas is almost here. And then I can't watch it because it won't be one more sleep till Christmas. It'll be Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then the ghost of Christmas future will come and I have to stop. <laughs> is that what happened? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my relationship with the movie. It is on the far end of fanatic. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and then you go and then you go, Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. Muppet Christmas Carol on various formats. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so in love with you right now. Thank you. <laughs> I love you. You are lucky to have found each other. It's so true. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> you get the meter just a little bit tighter. I know. On that. I know. It was off the top it of my head. It was so close. Yeah, I'm anyways. so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You keep trying there. Right, and and listeners should also keep tuning in because that's it. We're done. It's over. It's over. Um, we'll be back with another episode sometime of Moving Right Along. But in the meantime, you can check out toughpigs.com on the internet. We got the Facebook. We got the Twitter. We got the Instagram. We got the Hive. We got the Mastodon. Do, do we have the Mastodon? Ooh, I don't know if Probably we signed not. up for Mastodon. I, don't know. I also don't know if anybody is maintaining the Hive account. So. Yeah, we don't have the hives anymore. The Mastodon is not at the Bell Museum. The Mastodon is such a, like, a local, it's such an in-joke. Uh, the Bell Museum is a museum here in St. Paul, Minnesota, that has a Mastodon in it. Full size. Okay. It's pretty awesome. So that come over and check out that Mastodon at the Bell Museum. Yeah. 150th anniversary recently. Yes. Cool. Uh, of the museum. I don't think of the Mastodon display. <laughs> uh, but anyways, everyone nationwide, worldwide, you can... Follow us on all those social media. You can become a patron of Tough Pigs on Patreon. You can email us at movingrightalong at toughpigs.com to tell us about your trip to the Bell Museum. <laughs> you can follow Ryan on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. You can follow Ryan on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat. 
And you can follow Anthony, that's me, on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. Roz, what are you up to these days? <laughs> um, not still not a lot of internet presence. That's true. Um, if you really want to say something to me, go ahead and and say it to Anthony or at toughbigs.com. I'll get the message and I'll send love out in the universe to you directly um, through cosmic communication rather than a lot of internet presence. There you go. Send <laughs> out a message good. to the cosmic fish. Uh, and then um, if you are so inclined, you can give us that positive review on iTunes that you've been thinking about. You can tell everyone in your family when you're singing Christmas carols you can tell them to listen to Moving Right Along during, in the middle of the song stop the song stop 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 listen to Moving Right Along and then uh, you can join us again next week for another episode goodbye bless us one and all you cracked my egg